Jane here, CEO of International Coach Academy, and welcome to the call. We're holding this call today to celebrate International Coaching Week, which is a celebration that happens around the world, and coaches from everywhere celebrate in all sorts of different ways. And we decided to celebrate by interviewing a selection of coaches from our community for a couple of reasons. Um, one, to just show how diverse our community is and how diverse coaching is and all the different places it turns up. And also to give people an idea of uh, the different ways coaching can be used. It's not a single thing. And I think people often think about coaching as being a bit like a counsellor, you know, like a, a person sitting in a room with a client um, working on a problem. And it's, it is that, but it's also much more than that, which you'll find out today. So I have three coaches on the line today, all ICA coaches, who are here to talk to us about their experience with coaching. We have Sarah Creek, who is originally from Montreal and now lives in Alberta. And Sarah came to coaching after working for 23 years as an interior designer. And she would notice in her work that more often than not, an outside change was not really what her clients were after. Sometimes a new paint job or new furniture didn't quite cut it. The change they were looking for was an inside one. So after graduating from ICA, Sarah set up Pure Simple Change and now works with visionary women who want to unlock their greatness. We also have Ange Anderson on the line and Ange is from Australia, but at the time of this recording, she was working in a remote Aboriginal community north of Brisbane. And Ange came to coaching after being made redundant from a company that she loved. It turns out that that event was one of those life-changing moments. The company paid for her to do a positive psychology course and it was during that program that she realised coaching was her next step. While still studying as a coach, Ange set up her business ownyourshitgirl.com and currently coaches women who are already kicking goals but just need that little bit of help to get to the next level. And finally we have Siddharth Aurora. Sid is originally from India and now lives in Hong Kong, having previously worked in India, Singapore, Japan and Australia. Sid came to coaching from his experience as a client in the corporate sector. The benefit he received from coaching made him want to share and contribute to the growth and development of others. So after graduating from ICA, Sid blended coaching with his love of sales and is now working as a sales coach. So we're going to go to each of those guests and find out more about coaching and more about what they do. But before we do that, I want to talk a bit about the coaching model at ICA because it's quite unique. We don't teach any one particular model. So we don't think that you are either a life coach or a business coach and that there's a certain style of coaching. I mean, you might be familiar with things like the grow model or um, there's lots of other sort of off the shelf models out there, processes or ways of coaching. And what we do at ICA is we see every person that comes into our community as uh, not as a blank state. We see them as as someone who's brought a whole lifetime of experience and skills and knowledge. And we don't ask them to just put that away and learn something new and copy our model. We actually work with our coaches to design their own coaching model, drawing on the strengths and experience that they've got, and then looking at which industry or context they want to coach in. Coaching is contextual. So the sort of coaching you would do, say, um, coaching executives in the banking industry in Singapore is completely different to the coaching you might do for 
um, some life coaches in a yoga retreat in um, San Francisco. It's, it's very different. And so one model doesn't work. Um, so that, that explains a little bit about the way we approach coaching. So let's, let's now meet some of our coaches and see how they're applying that. So Sarah, I'm going to start with you. You um, hopefully not muted. No, I think you can hear me. Oh, good. That's excellent. Fantastic. So your, your um, business is Pure Simple Change. So tell me um, a little bit about the type of coaching you do in Pure Simple Change. Sure. I coach um, women, visionary women, and um, I support them to unlock the greatness that's been placed in them. And um, it's been an exciting uh, beginning. I graduated at the end of February, and so I'm just getting started. And the women I'm working with are women who know they have more and who just need a hand, a partner in their journey to see what that looks like and where that's going to bring them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how did you get to that? Was it a long process or did you know already when you started training to be a coach what you wanted to do? Um, it was a process and uh, I'm very grateful for obviously the instructors at ICA that I worked with, but also the peer coaches that I gathered along the way who helped me really clarify my niche and who helped me really get clear on who it was I wanted to work with and what it was that they were facing and why that was so important to me. And in working through all this and working through the course outcomes at ICA, I was able to get to this place where I know who I'm working with and um, created my model and a bit of my philosophy with my coaching practice. Mm-hmm. So what brought you to coaching in the first place? What was the reason you were considering it? Well, initially, um, I was an educator, and I was uh, an early an early childhood educator and an interior decorator. So I was really um, passionate about people, and um, I was noticing constantly when I was working with design clients that they wanted more than a new paint color and furniture arrangement. People were wanting to make a change on the inside. And um, two falls ago, uh, I lost both my dads in a week uh, time frame, mm. and I was put on I was put on leave. And I, you know, it was a time where I was just reflecting, and I had time to heal. And I decided to look at my life and what I wanted to do. And I started getting really curious about the helping professions. And mm-hmm. um, I I had a friend, Joe Smith, who's uh, an ICA graduate as well, and. Um, I chatted with her and we went back and forth about coaching and I thought this is what I have been looking for my entire life and I hopped on last fall and it has been an absolute privilege to be able to be part of this learning and this community here. Yeah, you know that's amazing when you say this is what I've been looking for my entire life. We get that a lot. It's a it's a strange thing, isn't it? There's something about the combination of coaching and the time in people's lives when they find it, that it seems to appear like that, like, oh, my God, this is the thing. <laughs> this is what I've been called to my whole life. I just didn't know. I just didn't yeah. know it, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just really, I don't know, when you finally realize that, that all mm-hmm. your experiences and all your knowledge finally gets to the point where I can really work in this and be mm-hmm. my best for my clients, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely wonderful. So, yeah, I'm very grateful. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I had a similar experience when I came to coaching because I'd done lots of training, lots of consulting, and 
when I, f- I got a coach, that's how I discovered coaching. And within three sessions, I was like, okay, this is the thing, right? If you want change, <laughs> you know, if, if you want the change to be sustainable and to last, as opposed to coming in, doing a bit of training, and then you go away, you come back, nothing's changed. The same with consulting. Um, yeah, it was like an aha moment. So yeah. um, now you said a couple of amazing things then. One is losing both your father and father-in-law in a week is just extraordinary. And um, I find that that's, uh, you know, that would have been an incredible thing for you to personally deal with. And do you think that that, do you think there was something in you sort of discovering parts of yourself you didn't know were there or going through a process you hadn't been through that also led you to coaching? I think so. I mean, you know, I I believe there's a place for all sorts of resources, counseling and therapy being one of them, and there's a place mm. for that. And, you know, I had done all that, and yet I was kind of reflecting on those relationships and what I was left with. You know, when you when you leave people, when they, when they pass away, you're left with stuff, and mm. uh, that's all you're left with and your memories. And I thought, you know what? Um, I want to come alongside people and help them on the, their insides believing mm. that they are full of everything that they need to be able to take that next step in their journey. And so I think it brought me to the place where I couldn't care less anymore about um, design work as far as the outside world was concerned. I wanted to work with people's inside. I think I knew that all along, and yet that yes. process allowed me to, to express it, if you want. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the other amazing thing you said. It never occurred to me, but what an interesting thing that people doing in interior design are looking at more than their houses. They're, it's interior personal design as well. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah. How interesting. <laughs> yeah. I wonder why, why that happens. Do you think it's because probably the same thing, something leads someone to that place where they go, that's it, I want to recreate my external environment and it's just doesn't it's no surprise is it that that links to the inside yeah I think the outside is a reflection of our insides and I think that you know my passion over all these years working in schools and working with with design clients was people that was my one Mm. thread you know and I've had this epiphany through one of my coaches here at ICA just recently that you know, through life, you wear different hats. Like I wear the designer hat, I wear the mom, I wear educator, whatever. But the overall hat, the big, big hat that covers all that is the life coach hat. And Mm. now I get to wear it and use it and still function in all the other roles using that life coach hat. And I am just uh, absolutely blessed to have found this profession, seriously. Yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful. Well, thanks, Sarah. That's um that's great, and I'll open up later for some questions. Um, but I'll just move on now to Ange Anderson, who's calling in from Queensland. Hi, Ange, are you there? Uh, yes, I'm here. Can you? Oh, hear good. Me? So, um, tell us a bit about where you're calling in from, because I know you're a bit worried about your line um, dropping out. Yes, I'm currently uh, on a project in a small remote community north of Brisbane. It's an Aboriginal community. Um, so the internet is a little bit intermittent here. And so what's the project? Um, I'm helping the council develop a health and safety management system. And so I've developed their procedures and processes and uh, now I'm coaching them into um, implementing that system in their workplace. 
Yeah. Wow. It's just so amazing. I remember when you were telling me that you were going to be dialing in from up there. I, I was thinking maybe you wouldn't make it to this call because you were working way up north. But it is one of the amazing things about ICA that people dial in from absolutely everywhere. And that's the same with our classes, you know, that people can dial in from their car or walking down the beach or um, traveling. We've, we've had some airports even sometimes in class, you hear the, the, the call to the gate lounge. <laughs> I've dialed in from numerous locations uh, for the classes and, um, you know, obviously for this teleclass this morning. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a blessing of, of the work that I do. Mm, it's great. So tell us, how did you come to coaching? I read in your bio there that you were made redundant from a company, which is often considered to be a bad thing. Um, can you tell me a bit about that? Yes. Uh, firstly, I'd like to just say I could uh, entirely relate to Sarah's story and, and in my own journey has, you know, weaved through her journey as well. Mm. When, I, when I was made, um, when I was laid off, it was a... a a glass half empty, glass half full situation. But um, for me, it, you know, I was in this place in my life where whilst I deeply loved the company that I worked for, I, I was fundamentally unhappy in the work that I was doing. So the, the redundancy was an opportunity for me to really reflect and uh, you know, to work out you know, where I wanted to move my life from that experience. Mm. And where did you go from there? Um, well, the, the company were really terrific. You know, it was it was uh, a hard decision for them to make to let go uh, so many people. So when I spoke to them about a transition program, I approached them about a, a positive psychology diploma, and um, and they assisted me to you know participate in that course. So I spent 12 months learning about this amazing field of positive psychology, which was just life changing and and eye opening. Um, mm. And it was from that 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 I really. I knew without a question that I wanted to, you know, focus on coaching as a profession. And so what made you um, think coaching, not, say, being a psychologist and going further in that direction? Well, that's a good question. Um, I, I think that the freedom and the flexibility um, of coaching uh, was what really drew me. Like, there are mm -hmm. so many um, constraints and, you know, you know, processes of psychology and counselling that you aren't inhibited by in coaching. So mm. for me, it was, you know, it was just the absolute um, freedom and flexibility of that. And also, you know, it's a totally personal development time for your clients. It's different from dealing with problems and issues that you mm. would face in counselling. You know, it's about development, really. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I've never actually thought of it like that. Um, often people's answer to that is more about the methodology, you know, like I didn't want to fix problems. I wanted to, you know, um, you know, go for solutions. Mind you, it's not such a divide anymore because a lot of positive psychology is solutions-based anyway. But that difference that you're talking about, you're, you're right, you know, there's not that same level of constraint. And often coaching is on the phone, um, like the majority of our graduates coach on the phone. So like we're doing today, I mean, you could be hanging up now and then having a coaching client. Um, so it's it's very flexible. Yeah, it's a good point. Mm. Um, so I'm very interested in your niche and your website. So your website, ownyourshitgirl.com, that's probably one of the best URLs I've seen for a while. <laughs> so tell me, what's 
and and this concept of a responsibility coach, um, which I mean, responsibility I get is a really big thing. We have a module called um, blame versus responsibility, and it's one of those. It's probably one of our most po- um, popular um, power tools. We have a range of them. So I'm familiar with that part of it. What, but what what led you to this sort of concept as a business name and then as a coach? Mm. What I discovered through my own journey um, is that the core of most things um, can be made a lot better if, well, fundamentally me, myself, took responsibility and ownership for those things. And so in my own life, um, I've had personal development since I was in my early 20s. So I've come to realise taking responsibility and ownership for my shit, you know, has allowed me, you know, it's opened up a path of freedom for me. And so with... Uh, with Sorry, I got a bit nervous then. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. That's fine. Um, so with clients, is it something that you find people take on easily or is there resistance to that? Oh, I, I think initially people take that model and they, they're, they're all excited to take a path of freedom. You know, people realise that, you know, the power is within themselves. So people, I think, fundamentally accept that path. Yeah. yeah, especially by the time yeah. they come to me, Robin. You know, like mm. often by the time people come to me, they, you know, they've had a lot of different experiences. They've tried a lot of different things. You know, and I mean that's the, the type of people that I've coached where they're having certain successes in their life, but then just not quite reaching the goals or achieving the things that they want to achieve. So by the time they come to me, they're, they're really ready to look at things differently, and yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, so that's for me. You know, like taking responsibility is the ultimate freedom. And so, you know, like I helped people tap into their inner truth and that inner knowing within themselves. Uh, Mm. You know, so I think, yeah, by the time they get to me, they're definitely ready for that. Yeah, yeah. All right. And so you touched a little bit there on the type of clients that you're working with or that you work best with. So they're people who are, what, already a little bit successful and then want more. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, like I said, by the time people come to me, they, you know, they've, they've had certain successes in their life. They've, you know, got career successes and, you know, professional and personal development successes. But like I said, they, they're just something that's not quite uh, falling into line or into place for mm. them. And, you know, and they're recognising that. And, uh, mm. and so I just help them take things to the next level, really. Yeah. Okay, great. All right. Thanks. That's really interesting. And I'm going to go over to Sid now and I'm going to unmute so that we can... Sid, you're not there. You need me to unmute. Yep. Yep. I'm Hi, Sid. Now. Hi, Sid. Are you there? Hi. Hi, Robin. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Um, so, look, great to meet you too, Sid. And sales coach. So tell me a little bit about um, the sort of work you were doing before you came to coaching. Well, um Robin, uh, firstly, it was fascinating hearing both the both the ladies, uh, and uh, my journey also somewhere feeds uh, into into both of them. Uh, well, as as a background, um, I've been a corporate professional, and I still am, uh, having worked uh, you know uh, across different geographies, be it India, uh, where I belong. Uh, I, I've worked in Hong Kong, Singapore, Japan, and Australia, and. Um, I've basically been working across different functions over the last 15 years, be it different functions in the corporate setup, mm-hmm. uh, be it operations, finance, and the last uh, uh, about 10 years or so I've been working uh, in the area of sales. 
um, leading uh, sales executives, sales managers across uh, across the globe. Uh, so for me, it sort of began like a self-development journey. And in this journey, um, I, I was I was greatly benefited by coaching. I was never exposed to coaching. Um, and and for a few years, I was uh, I was a client to a coach, and I realized this is is so amazing, and there is such a huge potential for people who are in their middle management uh, positions um, in different corporate uh, functions, and that's what gave me the whole um, idea. So you came to coaching because you actually were given a coach yourself um, through your work. Absolutely, I was I was incidentally hit upon the concept of coaching, and I was applying for a couple of years uh, to a coach, and that that really benefited me, and that's that's uh, that's how I yeah I, yeah that's so interesting. I think that's another really common pathway into becoming a coach is getting a coach. Like I was saying before, that's what happened to me. I got a coach, and I immediately thought, oh right, this is quite different to anything I've had before and for you in in the corporate sector or working in a company um, tell me what, what was different about the coaching as opposed to other support you might have had before through say a good manager or training before coaching whatever kind of support that was provided was more instructional was more you know more one-sided in terms of you got to do this this is the project we believe this is what you need to do Coaching brought about the whole self-awareness of of trying to seek answers on on my own. So, so coaching, I realized, was more about uh, more about finding your own solution rather than getting a solution. Mm-hmm. That my mind was 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 a was a big aha, and that that mm-hmm. brought in a whole lot of commitment uh, and focus. Yep. Yep. You know, there's a classic saying. It's a little bit glib, but you know, it's that thing of like. A consultant will come in if you've got a problem and give you the solution. A consultant will say, well, look, here, I did th- I've done this and this worked for me. Use this. Or a trainer will come in and look at the problem and say, oh, I know what you need. You need some skills. Here's a training program. But a coach will come in and say, well, what do you think you need? Yeah. Absolutely, Robin. Yes. And it's quite powerful, isn't it? It's It's sort of not really rocket science, but... That concept of having people have some ownership or have some control over the solution, it means that that solution is more likely to happen. No, absolutely, Robin. It's, it's, like you rightly mentioned, it's, it's so simple. It's no rocket science, but it's so, so powerful. Um, mm. and, the whole, and the whole realization and this whole training program that IC provides, uh, you know, instills in you the whole art of not getting into a solution mode. And holding mm. back, and again asking the right questions, and and getting the the clients to uh, to solve his or her own problems is such a powerful technique. I agree. I totally agree. Um, so, Sid, I'm going to come back to you because I think I will get you to drop off and dial in again um, and try and get that moderator code working, just so we can get a clearer line with you. Um, so, so do that. I'm going to open up for questions in the meantime. Okay, so everyone, this is um, quite normal for us, you know, managing technology um, with people dialing in from all around the world. It happens all the time. Um, So this is a good moment to open up for questions. 
and uh, see if anyone's got questions for um, Ange or Sarah while Sid dials back in. Sarah, this is Christina. Can you tell me how you? Hi. Can you tell me how you um, find your clients or how they find you at Pure Simple Change? Sure. Um, so I'm just. I graduated at the end of February, so I'm just getting started now. Um, I have um, my website that we created, and uh, right now I'm using word of mouth and uh, personal connections as I'm getting, you know, some traction here. And um, take, you know, getting set up for a business has been time-consuming as well in this season. And so um, as clients are starting to come in, then I believe that I will be able to get more and network also with um, local groups in my community, local uh, business networking groups, and getting my word out there, you know, and um, being very, very clear on who I'm coaching and what I'm coaching about. Um, just being very clear on that client um, target, if you want. So that's where I'm at right now, if that answers your question. It does. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Mm. And Chris, Christina, is, that, is this a similar niche that you're looking at? Um, actually, I graduated in 2012 from ICA, and I am really um, – I don't want to use the word challenged, but I'm struggling. Well, yeah, let's do challenged um, <laughs> with with developing a platform. A platform, as in, what do you mean by a platform? In the sense of being able to go out there and find coach, you know, because there's plenty of opportunity in the job that I work to be able mm-hmm. to do coaching. But as far as taking them on as a client, I have a lot of networks and things, but it's like that that sense of actually, you know, getting mm-hmm. getting mm-hmm. the client. And um, I did find a lot of success when I had done walk and talk coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, you know what, I'm glad, um, I, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Christina, because it's a really, it's a common issue because most people who come to coaching, like the guests we've got on this morning, come to it because it's on part of their personal journey or they want to make a change in the world or they're inspired by the difference coaching can make they don't come to it because they have a sales and marketing background and see the potential to make lots of money which doesn't mean you can't but I think lots of coaches need a little bit of help in the business development area so you know I wouldn't first of all don't feel like it's your personal failing there it's it's a really common thing so having said that there it totally there are so many successful coaches out there and they just all they have is some knowledge about how to get clients and how to work social media properly how to get their website um, optimized so that when someone googles they come up first Um, so what I should do is connect you with Chloe because we run um, a business course we run uh, Business Express and we have B-Labs, we call them B-Labs and they're weekly calls you can dial into and get support to build your business and get clients. So yeah, I'll send you, I'll get someone to send you an email after the, the call. Just tell me your your surname, Christina. Um, Christina, Adder, E-D-E-R. E-D-E-R, yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, all right, great. Well, I'll get you in contact with Chloe and um, I think that's all you would need just to get you up 
you know, bump you over that line. Outstanding. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Has anyone else got any questions for Ange or Sarah? Hi, this is Lulu. I'm Hi, curious. Hi, I'm curious to hear from, I'm not sure which coach, um, but I'm curious to hear about that process of refining your niche and if any of you were, um, did you have any start and stop experiences where maybe you got rolling early on and said, I'm going to be a, you know, this kind of coach, I'm going to be a, I don't know, quitting smoking coach. And you got rolling with that and maybe created um, some kind of materials or website or started networking around that. And then as you went through, maybe went through your training process or just evolution, decided, oh, you know what? That's not my niche at all. That's not my interest at all. Now I want to shift to whatever, corporate mindfulness coaching or, you know, just something really different. Did any yes. of you have that yes. process or did you feel clear from the outset? So that's a great question. Um, so, Ange, do you want to start with answering that? And then I'll go to you as well, Sarah. Um, well, my own experience, I, I actually started a business called Time to Flourish, which was primarily focused around positive psychology and um, experiences that I'd had uh, with other coaching schools. The decision to move from Time to Flourish to Own Your Shit Girl was partly based around marketing and partly based around the style of coaching that um, I was moving towards or leaning into. So in terms of the marketing, what I began to learn or see was Time to Flourish was a really broad concept and it wasn't honing in uh, on one specific market or one specific niche. Um, and it was also a really uh, broad concept in terms of people finding me so if you type in time to flourish uh in a search there are you know there are a million time to flourish uh hits that come up and so also using the number two in the in the time to flourish if people hear that on the radio they're not going to recognize it as a number two they're going to type two uh, um the number two or to or you know something like that to try and find me and so that it made me really difficult to find and so also the other thing was about the style of coaching that I, that I was beginning to lean towards. And so I, I initially started out as a, thinking I was going to do wellness coaching and that would be my, my niche and a little bit of you know, positive psychology tied in with that. But as I've developed in my own style and in my own um, skills, um, I realised that I wanted to attack, attract people that were focused on developing themselves and taking responsibility for their own actions and for their own lives. So the, the Own Your Shit Girl concept uh, was really born from that. And so when you did that, I know that for some people, because it's such a great question because I think it's really common to change and you don't actually have to have it all worked out up front. But, you know, having started time to flourish and you had like walking away from that and then changing direction was that difficult or you just felt like it was part of the process well you know there was a, a great investment of time and resources and money uh, in the in the time to flourish uh, and you know I was a little bit attached to that because it was like my baby really it was um, you know the, the beginning of this new direction and career for me so the, there was some difficulty in letting that go but 
you know, like Own Your Shit Girl is just so more authentic to my style of coaching and uh, to the journey that that I've been living that, you know, fundamentally that decision was easy. Yeah. Mm, okay, great. Thanks. Um, Sarah, did you want to comment on yours? Did your niche unfold or did you start in one direction and then move across? A bit of both, I guess. It's such a good question, you know. Um, well, I, I always had a design business and quite frankly, I thought that I could keep both roles going. I thought that I could be a designer and a coach at the same time and um, I had licensed Pure Simple Change um, when I had gone back to work after my medical leave there when my father's passed away. And I started a blog, and it was a blog on simplicity, and that's how Pure Simple Change was born. And then it became very clear that coaching was my path, and so I started launching into that, and I thought I could keep both roles going. So I can totally um, identify with what Angela was saying about, you know, the difficulty in choosing to let one go to have something else bloom. And so my niche started evolving. I knew I wanted to work with women. I knew that simplicity was my concept, which meant to me getting people back to who they're made to be and doing whatever they're called to do. That's simplicity to me. And mm -hmm. um, I worked with my ICA coaches and, quite frankly, doing the model, doing, you know, the power tool, writing my case study and workshopping it in our classes with Mercy um, and other instructors really helped me narrow things down and I was able to come down with, no, this is what I want to work, who I want to mm -hmm. work with, this is how I want to work. And so it's a process. It was a process, but it was also very much of a discovery for myself of what was inside me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's great. And I'll just to add to that, I think that there's been, um, you know, a greater acceptance of the fact that you do change niches. Like, you know, 10 years ago, people really came to coaching either to be a life coach or a business coach or executive coach. That was pretty much it. And often they had decided that before they came in and started their training. The great thing about ICA is that we support so many different niches. It's ridiculous the number of diverse niches, niches that our students um, choose. And it's quite common to come in with one and then go to another or come in with one client type and then find out over time that actually, like Andrew's saying, you're more, more attracted or you would seem to attract a certain type of client to you and then to move in that direction. And it doesn't have to be... Um, you know, stuck in stone. So I think that's quite common now. So Lulu, does that answer your question? Sorry, Lulu, I think you were muted for a sec. Does that answer your question? That's okay. I'm, on, I'm muted on my side as well. So uh, yeah, no, that was really helpful to hear those examples and uh, mm -hmm. tips. Thank you. Yeah, and I think the other thing to add to that is that in our program, we have uh, what we call the labs, and we have four uh, different areas. We have the life coaching area, the business coaching area, the executive or leadership coaching area, and the health and wellness area. And within those four general areas, there's so many different niches you can choose, like expat coaching, parent coaching, cross-cultural coaching, diversity coaching. We used to actually um, run little classes in each of those but it was just getting too many. There really are so many different directions you can go in. And given that the way we teach is for you to develop your own model 
that then sort of merges with developing your own niche and therefore it's very unique and there's many of them. So now we have four broad areas that you can actually dip your toe into each one. You can do a, top, a couple of classes in the life coaching niches, a couple of classes in executive coaching, and you can really find your niche as you study. So this, this brings me to, I'd like to talk about, um, just in the last 15 minutes that we've got here, I'd like to talk about the coaching model because I think it's really important. I think it's um, definitely one of the key differences um, of our school. And so I'm going to ask each of the coaches how they came to their actual model and what their coaching model is. So Sarah, I might start with you, if that's all right. Um, you meant, Because you mentioned it just then, um, that working on your power tool and working on your model was really helped you develop your niche. So can you talk more about your model? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, it was it was in a lab space with uh, Lorna, actually, that we were talking and trying to get inspiration because it's, you know, it's a bit daunting, I guess, at first. And, um, you know, she she encouraged us because it's a very unique process to just draw from whatever inspired us, you know, and I kind of got this picture in my head of, of this woman flinging the doors open. And um, that was my starting point. That's what I wanted for, you know, the gist of my practice, I guess. And I got a friend, draw it all up, and from there started workshopping as far as what are these steps and how do I go about that. And so I created the open, uh, I call it the open door coaching model and process, and I included my power tool, I guess, through that. And just identifying those areas that we touch on, you know, setting the objective, looking at the present reality, where is my client at, explore the possibilities with her, and finally, uh, the new steps. And so I used the picture and then the acronym, and um, that's how I created my model. Mm, I'm just looking at it now, actually. It's on our blog, the the woman standing in the open door. There really is the open door flung open. And uh, so, so it's looking at – can you talk a little bit more about what you mean by open and closed concepts? Sure. I think that um, – it's just that reality, and I used the design metaphor in there because, you know, of my design background, but um, I think that when we are open to things, we have to understand that we also have to choose to close doors, close certain doors behind us if we want to open new ones. And sometimes, you know, we're in the hallway where we're in a transition space where um, we have the options of what it is that we can do and where do we want to go, and having a partner um, in you know, partner in crime, uh, call the coach through that process helps us choose, do we want to open the door to this opportunity? That means we have to close the door, for instance, to yeah. um, self-doubt or to fear, you know? So to me, it was a very, um, it was a concept that I could work with, I guess, and that showed up. It was a theme that kept showing up with the women I was working with through ICA. Yes, yes. Okay, that's great. Um so thank you for sharing that. I, I really enjoyed it. And I've just been reading, just looking a little bit online at your model. It looks great. Um, good. So, Ange, do you want to tell us a bit about your coaching model and how you came to that? Yep, absolutely. Um, so when I first started uh, researching coaching schools, um, I had a bit of a fixed mindset around coaching uh, the importance of coaching models and I really believe that 
what I was buying into with a coaching school was actually their model, and that was what was important. You know, it was was getting that foundation uh, given to me, if you like, or uh, taught to me. Um, and, and so when I came across the, the model with ICA, I, I sort of was a little bit in doubt about it. I was, I doubted my own ability to create something that was as good, if you like, as some of those other coaching schools. So I actually ended up choosing initially a different coaching school. And um, if anybody's read my bio, I spent seven months and, you know, a lot of frustrating hours uh, being drip-fed information that was, you know, basically read to me off a piece of paper. Mm. And so I, I ended up coming back to ICA. That, actually, to be honest with you, ICA had been my first choice, but it was the, the, the fixed mindset and the self-doubt that, you know, took me in a different direction initially. But um, I came back to ICA and, uh, you know, it's, it's through, uh, uh, you know, the coaching um, teleclasses and through my own journey and, you know, discussion with other coaches that I've actually developed this concept of um, it's the bias of the ball, really. So if anybody knows uh, lawn bowls, they know that the ball is actually weighted on one side and it's a process of correction to to change. So rather than expecting that, you know, the first time we throw the ball it's going to be perfected uh, or, you know, hit the target straight on, it's it's a process of uh, throw the ball, have a look, see what happens, reevaluate, and, uh, you know, try again. So that's kind of how mm-hmm. my coaching model developed. Wow, that's amazing. That's thank you for sharing that. It's uh, I guess it is uh, it is a demanding thing. It is it does require some work to design your own model. But what strikes me about what you just said is how powerful that is when you do, because that bias of the ball concept is such a great concept. And I'm imagining that it, it sort of fits in the coaching mindset and the coaching philosophy that you're going to be a better coach if you're using your own model then you will be using someone else's model. The, the truth is that that I am a much more confident coach, that, that I have a lot more self-belief in my ability to um, deliver outcomes with my client. Um, my skills, knowledge and experience that I've been able to input into something that's just so deeply personal, I mean, that model to me is, uh, you know, it is the absolute key to what I've uh, been able to achieve with ICA. Mm. Mm. it's great and Sarah would you agree with that oh totally totally yeah Mm. absolutely and I think that um I I can relate to it as I was saying as far as creating the model because you kind of go huh I have to do what you know and yet and yet you learn so much about yourself about the process and you I gained great respect for my clients as well because they're doing the work I'm just here to facilitate you know and yes. so, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, good. All right, Sid, I might just throw to you as well, for your coaching model, which is the six steps to sales coaching, the Aspire model. Um, and I, what I really like about your model is that it's um, really clear those six steps are all six questions. Can you tell us how you came to that model? Yes, Robin. Uh, so, Robin, I'll, uh, uh, I'll go back to the question Dimitri asked, and, and that's the question I asked myself. Which was, what is it that is the most challenging, what is going to be the most challenging uh, aspect 
uh, for my clients. And, uh, and, and, and I wanted to use two uh, fundamental blocks here. I wanted to use the, uh, the basic coaching uh, principles and I used the GROW model as, um, as, as the broad framework. And I wanted to make it more sales-specific. And therefore, I used the spin technique, which is, a, which is again, a very uh, gospel technique in sales. And mm-hmm. I kind of combined these two. Um, and, and to make it more specific, I, I broke it down into each, um, each element and, 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 and built upon a series of questions against each of them. So, that's, so, so for me, the whole, uh, I wanted to go deeper into the client, and I also wanted to make it more sales-specific. Uh, yes, and that's that's uh, and that's how this whole aspire came into being. Yeah, it's great. I can see that you've t- so and you talk about that on our blog in um, the post about your model that you know using grow um, and then looking at the spin model and then you came up with these six questions: um, what do we want to achieve as sales executives? What is the situation we are presently in? What are the problems we're grappling with? What are the implications of these problems? What are the options to reach our goal and what is the action required to exploit the best option? So just those six questions that you've developed with a combination of um, work that's already been done by Graham Alexander and Sir John Whitmore, but also bringing your own experience and your own knowledge to blend it into your own personal model. I think it's a really great thing. Thanks, thanks, Robin. Yeah, you're welcome. I did that. To our coaches now, thank you again, once again. And I'll just go to each of you and see if there's anything you'd like to leave everybody with, and then we'll sign off. So, Sid, is there anything you'd like to leave with the group before we go? Well, I, I just want to be, uh, I just want to say that I'm really grateful to have having gone through this, this journey uh, at ICA, uh, as I mentioned in the blog as well. I think it was. Not just about meeting great coaches, but also uh, for me it was about engaging with, uh, with, with dozens of, of, of batchmates, classmates. Uh, I could never have imagined Robin to have been able to go through this experience uh, online. And there were so many doubts uh, one and a half, two years back that I had. But, but I must say it was just absolutely an astounding experience for me. Oh, that's so great. I'm so happy to hear it, Sid. Thank you so much for coming and giving us your time today. Um, Sarah, is there anything you would like to leave with the group before we before we go? Well, I echo what Sid is saying as far as feeling so very grateful and, you know, just very thankful too for the opportunity to grow myself and mm-hmm. to get closer to what I was made to do and and just have found a really good group of, of people here at ICA with our instructors and our fellow students and our colleagues and just the opportunities are there to learn and to grow. And mm-hmm. I'm just very, very thankful. Oh, that's wonderful. We're just really lucky to have you, have such great people coming and becoming ICA coaches. Thanks, Sarah. And Ange, anything you'd like to leave before we go? I'm not actually sure I could add any more. I certainly would be reiterating <laughs> everything that uh, Sid and Sarah have said. Um, look, this has been a life-changing journey and I'm so grateful that I did come back to ICA um, you know for the, the the learning that I've received and the you know the, the connection and the, you know, the community that uh, that is the core of, of ICA it's um, 
yeah, I feel very grateful and very blessed to be have been to be part of it. So thank you. Oh, that's wonderful. Thanks, Anne. Well, thank you to all of you because um, look, it really is so fantastic that. Um, that we have such a great community and that everyone supports each other as well. Our forum is extraordinary. It's amazing sometimes going in there and seeing how how much our coaches are supporting each other, traveling to meet with each other, starting businesses with each other. It's really exciting. So thank you everybody for coming to the call and thanks for all the participants. And um, I'll close the lines now. And if you've got any questions, just send us an email or go to our website and um, contact us there. Thanks everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.